0: Good morning. It's Jennifer Bukowski sitting in for Gary Nolan, Adnan Syed. The prosecutors just announced they will not be dropping that case. That's the famous case from that serial podcast. That's breaking news. Interesting. I was following that. But before we get into that, I want to welcome to the show a friend of mine, our Secretary of State, Jay Ashcroft. We have a whole bunch of things to talk to him about. Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Hope you're doing well, Jennifer.
0: Well, you were the person that I wanted to talk to about this Alaska situation because you were a speaker out at the Republican National Lawyers Association annual meeting in August. And the scuttlebutt among the attorneys out there was this new way of um, this new election system that Alaska apparently has And it looks like Murkowski, despite them having that seat, is in danger of losing her Senate seat. She's in her third term. What is this new system and is this something that we should adopt or no?
1: Well, I, I am not a fan of kind of the, the rank choice voting process with the jungle primer in front of it. Um, there were individuals that suggested that, uh, had an initiative petition that they wanted to get on the ballot in November, but they did not collect enough signatures. Um, I think it's confusing. I think it's meant to put a thumb down on the, on the scale and change who is elected versus who's uh, being elected by the people right now. And I also hate the idea, Idea that when we've seen it used in places like uh, uh, they used it for the mayoral race in New York, I think it took us weeks to know who had actually won that race. I I, uh, I, I don't like it. I also think it's terrible uh, for uh, I don't want to say this in a pejorative manner, but the smaller parties. Uh, if you're a uh, libertarian, if you're uh, the Constitutional Party or the Green Party in the state of Missouri, um, if we have a jungle primary where the top four vote getters go to the general election. Election, you will never see one of those third parties actually have a candidate in the general election. And I, I think it's helpful to have different viewpoints. I love the idea of, of debates where you have people from several different sides articulating their vision and arguing arguing viewpoints. And um, I, I think we do a good job the way we do it now.
0: Well, one argument against it, I guess, could be that when you're in a really red state like we've become, the races are kind of decided in August. Like we know Schmidt's going to, barring some crazy event, he's going to win the Senate seat. So why shouldn't it be that everyone gets to participate and decide on the U.S. Senator, not just Republicans? And uh, then you're picking between the top couple of candidates in the general instead of just uh, the Democrat, the Republican, and then the smaller parties, libertarian or whatnot.
1: Well, I, I mean, it's, I, I, here's the the reason. I, I'm a Republican, not a Democrat. I shouldn't be picking the Democrat nominee. Um, that's like saying if the Elks Club is choosing who their president is, the members of the Lions Club and the Rotarians should participate also. That's silly. Uh, Republicans should pick their nominee. Democrats should pick their nominee and so on and so on. Um, the idea, I mean, <laughs> Uh, that's uh, 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 that's, just, I, I'm unfortunate. I just think it's ludicrous to say that people outside of an organization should pick that organization's standard-bearer.
0: Yeah, it is interesting, according to this Wall Street Journal article on this Alaska race, uh, Ms. Murkowski, Senator Murkowski, she's on thin ice, and most of her support will come from Democrats and left-leaning independents, who rank her second after Democrat Pat Chesbro. Um that is and she's still even though she's an incumbent senator in her third full term might be ousted by someone from her own alleged party this kelly Tish, Tishbaka, i'm not sure how to pronounce her name but that would be quite something if they had a primary this article said she murkowski would have lost a republican primary to this challenger
1: well and i think that that kind of points directly to what i was speaking to um this rule change is designed to not allow the Republicans to pick the Republican nominee. Um, let's switch that around. Or if we were going to say we're going to change the rules so Democrats can't pick the Democrat nominee, that would be just as wrong. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you're a Democrat, you should be able to take part in picking who the Democrat nominee is, but you should be able to tell Republicans that they don't get to choose your standard bearer. I mean, that's... That's just silly. That's like uh, MU playing Georgia in football and MU gets to call Georgia's plays. That makes no sense.
0: What do you think about having runoff elections?
1: Um, I, I think that's a very different thing. Um, my concern with runoff elections is more just how do we make sure that we have the time to run them appropriately? Uh, do we do we have enough spacing between our primary and our general election to do them? I, I, I like that idea better. Uh, in Missouri, it may mean that if we really want to go to runoff elections, we need to move our primary forward because we have an August uh, primary and then a November general election, and there's really not much room in there. to to slip another election in without confusing people
0: right but but as we saw from the u.s senate race and into a smaller extent with the auditor race before that is something i think we should maybe consider just so that you don't have someone all of a sudden holding some very powerful office who only had a very um, limited amount of the plebiscite or the voters select them to begin with
1: yeah, I'm not against runoffs, although I think you can also make the argument that if someone wins it with a very small percentage, it's also because the other candidates weren't able to make a good enough presentation as to why they should be voted on. I mean, uh, if if you're running in a race, and I've lost before, and uh, the other person wins, it's, you know, part of the fault is on the person that lost for not being able to do a better job of show why they should win and, and get people to vote for them.
0: Huh. So you are uh, one of your many duties as Secretary of State is elections, and we've got one coming up. And I pulled up my sample ballot on the Boone County Clerk's Good office website. Good for you!
1: Everyone should get a sample ballot.
0: And well, thank you. But you would think, Liz, as much as I pay attention to the news, and I'm on this you know program all the time, and I'm always involved with you know federal society and law stuff. There are things on my ballot that I was unaware would be on there. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about that. Does, there's four or five different constitutional amendments on this ballot. Mm-hmm. And I have not even heard of some of these. What uh, is this constitutional amendment? One, to amend the Constitution to allow the General Assembly to override the current constitutional restrictions of state investments by the state treasurer and allow state investments in municipal securities Um, as long as they're highly rated. uh, Who is pushing for that? Like, it takes money to get on the ballot for... Well, I guess this... Didn't because this was put on the ballot by the general assembly. But who is pushing for this? Can you say uh,
1: it, it's being? Uh, my understanding was the treasurer was involved with that. Um, I think members of the legislature were also involved in that. Um, the the importance of that is I think the treasurer wants to be able to diversify what he can invest in to make sure that the taxpayers' money is invested appropriately. Uh, the concern for me and that I think people need to think deeply about as to how they're going to vote on it is right now if we change or if we want to change what your taxpayers dollars can be invested in the people of the state have to approve that. The Constitution sets very clear guidelines. You may invest in these things and, and only these things. If that constitutional amendment is approved, the legislature will have the ability without consent of the people or a vote of the people to make changes. So if you think you need to make sure they're, they're not investing in bad things, vote against it. If you trust the legislature to make sure that your tax dollars won't be invested in bad things then you can vote for it
0: yeah that's the thing when you uh they they put restrictions in the state constitution for a reason usually at the outside to think that <laughs> yeah and so i was wondering like what was the original basis for that restriction being put in place on the legislature like or were they worried that you know you'd have some cryptocurrencies invested in but this is saying that it'd have to be municipal securities possessing a high rating i don't know well, that would be just this
1: time this would do two things. One, it would, if it passed, it allows the treasurer to invest in the municipal uh, items, but it would also allow, in the future, the legislature to open up investments to whatever they want without a vote of the people.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to be a no on that one. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about this? Uh, shall the Missouri Constitution... The amended authorize laws passed before December 31st, 2026 that increase minimum funding for a police force established by a state board of police commissioners to ensure such police force has additional resources to serve its communities. Like, Is this like a new statewide police force? Um,
1: The the legislature passed a law in session that would require the city of Kansas City to spend 25% of general revenue on its police officers and policing. Right now, I believe that number is a little bit over. They're required to spend 20%. Under the Constitution, the the Hancock Amendment does not allow the state to require political subdivisions uh, to take on new mandates that the state does not fund. So that law requiring them to spend more on the police is not constitutional unless the people approve that. So if the people of the state vote in the affirmative to allow that law to go into effect, then the Kansas City will have to spend 25 percent of its revenue on the police. If they do not, they will be able to just spend the 20 percent that they're spending now.
0: But I mean, just from the way it's described on my ballot, it doesn't look like it's just restricted to Kansas City. It, it has to be
1: a statewide vote because it has to uh, bypass the Hancock restriction on an unfunded mandate. But it just applies to the bill that was already uh, passed last session in Kansas City.
0: Okay. But the legislature couldn't just come up with more police forces established by a state board of police commissioners and then dictate how much is spent on them? Right? If they, they
1: did, they would have to go to the people once again to get approval to waive the Hancock Amendment. This That constitutional amendment will only and can only apply to the bill that was already passed for the Kansas City uh, police.
0: Huh. Well, this is one area where I think our party is little inconsistent because we believe in like local control. A little inconsistent? Yeah, or extremely. Like we believe in local control, but then we want to go ahead and do a statewide dictate to tell Kansas City how much of their money they should spend on their police. Or like when Columbia had their stupid plastic bag ban that they wanted to do <laughs> and the legislature wanted to pass a law to prevent that. Like I, I At some point, you're going to have to like allow local control by local people, right?
1: Uh, that's generally the hope. Um, but I do think on a case by case basis there are times when such screwy things happen that an adult has to step in and say, No, we're not gonna do that.
0: Huh. Yep. Well, that's what wouldn't, what, what, what Daddy Joe Biden, you know. He wants he needs to step in and tell us how to do our thing and we get mad about that. I don't know. I, I think uh we should try to be Uh, consistent in our principles sometimes even if the results aren't always exactly what we'd like but here's another amendment okay shall the missouri national guard currently under the missouri department of public safety be its own department known as the missouri department of the national guard which will be required to protect the constitutional rights and liberties of missourians what is going on with this Secretary
1: of State. Right now, the Missouri National Guard is under the Department of Public Safety. This would put the National Guard as its own department. Um, I think it has a fiscal note, if I recall, of just over $100,000 on it. Um, I, I don't have strong feelings on this, although I'm not sure what the need is for it in which case, why well, spend the extra money? Uh, right. So I'll, I'll, I'll be voting no on it. It's not because I'm against the, the, the National Guard. It's not because, well, I just I don't see the need for it, and um, I don't think we need to spend money unless we have to.
0: Right, and I'm against creating new government programs because they become very permanent, and I think you need to have one in, one out. Like, if you're going to create a new department where you 're going to have to have all the kind of overhead people, like taking care of the books and everything you're, you you got to get rid of a department that 's how I feel about it. You know we keep being in the habit of only adding departments all the time
1: closest thing to eternal life on earth is uh, a new government programme or department
0: <laughs> yeah that 's for sure and <laughs> uh, we have we 've talked about this in federalist society events of which you 're a member and i 'm president of the local chapter, but this is a constitutional convention. Every 20 years we get to decide whether or not to have a constitutional convention uh, before we have to go to break. What are your thoughts on this?
1: you know i uh, i 'm not going to be voting for it. I think the the real thing to look at here is how the delegates to the Constitutional Convention would be selected mm-hmm. um, and I guess what I would point to is if people thought that the Senate was a wonderfully running great machine here in Missouri in this earlier in this year then maybe they would also believe that a constitutional convention would go well.
0: Yeah, and the constitutional convention would be half Democrats, half Republicans.
1: I just, uh, I, I don't think it's the right way to go. I think uh, we, we have too much stuff in our constitution. And um, I'm just afraid that a convention like that would just grow government. Well,
0: and apparently we might be adding five new things or four new things to our constitution. There's uh, amendments one, Uh, Three, four, and five. What happened to two?
1: Um, Two didn't make it to the bout.
0: Ah, Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for shedding light on all of this. It's really helpful to us and for joining us on the Gary Nolan Show, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft.
1: Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You
0: too. We have to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the Hodgepodge of Things, and then Kurt Schaefer at the bottom of the hour. So don't go away. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. And we're back on The Gary Nolan Show. This is Jennifer Bukowski sitting in. We just had a great conversation with Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft about the weird alaska voting system that they've implemented which is very heavily favors democrats when i was at that rnla republican national lawyers association conference that was the big worry that this is this ranked choice stuff is just another very brilliant tool of the left to get their people into power in red states and uh it's quite remarkable that murkowski might be unseated despite that, but if they had our voting system, she would have lost the Republican primary. So rank choice voting, not uh, that is a very smart tool that the left is implementing all over the place to get their people into power. We have a caller on line one, Bill, who wants to talk about the constitutional amendments we discussed. Welcome to the show, Bill.
2: Good morning. You asked some great questions to the Secretary of State, um, because most of those that ballot language that's going to appear on the ballots was very very misleading. The Springfield News Leader listed the complete language of all of those things over the weekend so you could see what they were really about. And like the like the Secretary of State said that the constitutional convention thing, the way that they were going to choose the people to represent us was very misleading. So he was I think he was dead on on that I agree with you, with the ones that you didn't want to vote for. Frankly, I'm not going to vote for any of them because the the information was misleading. But I encourage you and all the others to try to find the complete language of all of those before you even attempt to figure out those little paragraphs that are on the ballot because I found them very misleading. For instance, the marijuana one was four full pages in the newsletter to yeah. explain exactly what was on there four pages it's, and it's total, you
0: totally you bring opposite. up the marijuana one i have two guests coming on tomorrow Ethan thampy and dan Veeds, both uh the longest um, marijuana you know legalization people that i know and they're at war right now they're both friends of mine and they're at war one on either side of amendment three so we're going to have them on the show tomorrow and try to hash that out and see what is going on with amendment 3 is, and why is one of the you know people I've known forever that have been like the longest time advocates for the legalization against amendment 3 and then Dan V is uh, in favor of it so but, yeah, there is more of the story with these amendments. And I do a presumption against voting for them just because I don't think this is the proper way to be making policy by amending our Constitution, which Missouri, unfortunately, has the easiest to amend Constitution in the state. And so a lot of trial balloons get floated here on national stuff because they can I, test them out over here.
2: I think we've got the most amendments to our Constitution to any state right. by far. So With that
0: constitutional convention, you could, like, get rid of them all and tidy it up. But I think you're right. The delegate selection thing is the Pandora's box of that situation because it would be half the people appointed would be Democrats, which we don't have half Democrats in our state to come up with a new constitution. So we could end up with something that was worse and harder to fix.
2: (laughs) You're a a very astute person because you understood most of that. Which unfortunately, the average Missourian doesn't have the time to look up what those amendments really say. They're just going to vote by gut feeling, and that's going to be wrong most of the time.
0: Well, that's good. The listeners of this show are very informed, and that's why it's good to go ahead and let people know if you feel strongly on one of these things because your family members, your friends, they might not have done their prep going in there. And if you feel a certain way, let them know that. Thank you so much for the call. And next up, we'll have Kurt Schaefer, and we've got a whole host of um, topics for him, including what California plans to do with pigs and how that affects you. That's next on The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
3: This is The Gary Nolan Show.
0: Welcome back to The Gary Nolan Show. I'm sitting in. I'm Jennifer Bukowski, and I'm joined right now by my good friend Kurt Schaefer, former state senator. And you were listening on your way into the studio here, Kurt, uh, Our my discussion with the Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft on the constitutional amendments.
3: I was. I was listening. First of all, thank you for having me on the Gary Nolan Show. Always love to come on. And, um, yeah, I was listening as I was driving happily through the rain. Because I live on a gravel road, and it's just been a dust road for quite a long time now. So any rain we get, I'm happy about. But yes, I was listening. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Jay was was right about a lot of things he said. You know, it brings up that bigger question of why do we have so many? And you had a good caller uh, right before the break about that. And the reality is, as you said, because Missouri is one of the easiest states to amend the Constitution... And really, if you've got about three million dollars, if you can raise about three million dollars, you can get your language on the ballot. That's that's kind of the benchmark of what it takes to get enough out there to get the signatures, and get enough information to uh, to get it on the ballot.
0: And but- then our legislature apparently just puts stuff. Well, they do. Constitutional amendments, that's a couple of them this time around. I did that in
3: 2014. I I put Amendment 5 on the ballot, which strengthened Article 1, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution, which is Missouri's right uh, to keep and bear arms. And We added language, I think that passed at almost 70% across the state of Missouri, and that was language that added a lot of things that applied strict scrutiny to any case that deals with that issue and an effect of the right on someone, as well as protecting ammunition and ancillary things that go along with that right, and so... You know it's it's good and it's bad. The legislature obviously can can pass legislation that puts something on the ballot, or you can go the route of getting enough signatures, which is what I was just talking about, that it takes about three million dollars to do to get something on the ballot. But it's why we see these groups, you know, out of Texas and other places that come to Missouri for no apparent reason other than they know they can spend their money here and get the Constitution amendment amended. But the problem is whether you like the legislative process or not, there's a lot that goes into getting something passed and even some Something that goes on the ballot through the legislative process is going to go through, you know, a series of debates. It's going to go through committees. And maybe the sponsor doesn't see a problem. But when it goes through that process, they say, oh, yeah, here's an unintended consequence we didn't see. And you get it fixed before it gets passed by the legislature and then goes on the ballot. The problem with going the initiative petition route is there's no debate and there's no discussion. And what ends up happening is the and state there's
0: of, no word count. No, in the <laughs> state of well, limit.
3: the state of Missouri gets stuck sometimes with this language that's very problematic mm-hmm. and a good example being the the medical marijuana uh, license process, which was full of issues of uncertainty. The state didn't quite know how to implement it. Some people were happy with it. Some people weren't. But I think a lot of those difficulties had it gone through the legislature would have been worked out.
0: And they could be fixed. Sure. And well, they get fixed. At right. the next session, we have legislature every year. It's a, uh, I think it's a mistake to do everything by constitutional amendment. Well, right.
3: by, by constitutional amendment, but remember, you can also go the initiative petition route to get a, a state law, a statute changed, but at least if you do but that... But if you're going to
0: spend all that money, well, why do something where the legislature just wipe it out But at least,
3: Well, they can wipe it out, or another way to look at it is they can fix it if there's a problem. But again, once something goes in the Constitution, the legislature can't fix it, and the only way you get a fix is for somebody else to raise another $3 million or more to get other language passed in the Constitution. It gets very... I wonder Very how difficult. much
0: lobbyists would be for your, just to get them to do that through the normal process, any kind of statute you want. It's got to be close to equivalent. It well, depends the, on what it is, I guess. The but.
3: political consultants are usually the ones who like the ballot initiatives because it's not really lobbyists on the ballot initiatives for a change yeah. in the constitution. Those are political consultants, and they, they love those, and that's their business, and And I understand that, but it doesn't make for the best public policy.
0: Yeah. all the money. There's lots of... Uh, motivations for people wanting to go different rounds to amend and change our laws. (laughs) We do have a caller on the line. We played clips from that J.D. Vance debate with